Welcome back to another episode of the Learn, Grow, Earn podcast. This is episode 62. And for this week's interview, I had my good buddy, Mr. Max Weber, aka at Max Weber Fit on Instagram. He's visiting for the weekend, so we had to link up for another round two interview. He has experienced so much growth in the last like four months, let alone the last year and a half since the first interview that we did together on this podcast. So it was really awesome to recap. Um, so great to recap connect with him. And I feel like we went in so many awesome directions of really actionable content for anyone that's really curious about growing on social media and building a brand. So highly suggest tuning in. I'm super excited to share this with you guys. But with that said, let's get started. Yeah, yeah. The man, the myth, the legend, Max Weberfit is back on the show. Max, welcome, brother. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me. You are very, very welcome. So for those that may have missed your first interview or may not know you and your story, why don't you just give me a quick Spark Notes version, catch people up. That's a good one. So last time we talked was how long ago? A year ago? I think it was episode two. <laughs> so like a year and a half. So I was, I was 23. I think the thing that we talked about last time was I was an entrepreneur and still am. Uh, but in this past year and a half, I've really grown into the fitness space. So fitness coaching, personal training, that kind of stuff. Uh, so Sparknotes is online fitness coach. Awesome. Awesome. So yeah, I think the last time we spoke, there was a lot more emphasis on the digital media side yep. of things, yep. which I know is still a big piece of your life. So we'll get into that. Yeah. And, and in part, if you haven't listened to previous episode, I ran a digital media, media agency at 19. I did that to 23 years old and it was a way for me to make money outside of college when I dropped out. So, so the digital media stuff was kind of the transition to leading into being a fitness coach on Instagram. So the, the path of transitioning from digital media guy to fitness influencer kind of was very seamless for me. Got it. Got it. You said you did that until 23. So you're not active with ghost creative anymore. What is that? Yeah. So my primary focus today, one of the things that I've learned over the past year is like being very focused on your work. So like the thing that you're doing uh, and not having divided attention. So I was trying to run multiple businesses. I was trying to run multiple things. I was trying to do things with as many people as I could, but I, I kind of figured out that the, the more focused intensity you have on your work, the better results you're going to get. So as of today, I am spending all of my time growing my Instagram account with an online fitness coaching business. Uh, and then I have a nutrition app that I'm working on part-time in the background. But those are the two things that I spend my time on. Got it. Got it. Is, is, uh, so the fitness app is Nibble Nutrition. Correct. Um, is that, is that housed within Ghost Creative? Like is Ghost Creative still a thing or? Nope. Uh, so, so I have my Max Weber Fitness LLC. I have Nibble Nutrition LLC. And then Ghost Creative was this marketing agency that I ran for a couple of years. That is its own independent thing. It sits on the back burner, has a website up. You know, people will submit applications to do client work, but it's, it's not something actively pursued. Got it. Got it. So it's kind of passively accruing clients Correct. and Correct. you'll do the work if it's there, but you're not like promoting yeah. it. The, the thing that I've, that I've seen with that is being very, it, you know, it, it, I'm 24 years old. So at, at 19, at 20 years old, when I drop out of college in, in trying to figure out this whole business thing, I was willing to take on any sort of client and any sort of capacity to any sort of work. Yeah. But what I found now is having a, a, you know, a single service, so to speak, 
that can be delivered consistently as opposed to trying to please everyone in every different direction. So the work that I'm doing now is just very focused on uh, the things that not only I'm passionate about, but the things that are driving growth to my future goals, which is being in the fitness space. Got it. Got it. So what would you say is the biggest change that you've kind of gone through uh, in the last like year, year and a half, whatever it's been since we had the first episode? That's a good question. I think you know the answer, but uh, the one thing that I spend a tremendous amount of time on in that last year and a half is growth, not just in, you know, not just in growing my, my business sense, but also personally. But from an outside perspective, the stuff that probably looks like the biggest change is Instagram. So I think the last time we spoke, I was probably at like 967 followers on Instagram. And then it's a good number. You, you and I, something like that. I, I remember vividly being in a thousand and four. I'm like, oh my God, I broke a thousand. This is like life changing. I'm, I'm going to be such a cool guy. Like I'm going to do all these cool things. But you and I had a conversation and I know you're going to want to talk about this. So I'll let you do that. But you told me, Max, you need to start posting infographics on Instagram. And like, dude, I, I don't know, man. They're like, I get it. Like they're fun. They're informational, but I don't really want to do that. And you kept pestering me for a while to do it. So I started. I remember vividly being at this 1,004 followers. 29 days later, I was at 10,000. Posting three to four times a day, replying to direct messages on Instagram, posting infographic content around the topic of health and fitness. So if you don't, if you're listening and you're like, I have no idea what you're talking about, you might have seen them. They're those like white photos on Instagram with like text and like foods you should eat, foods you shouldn't eat, all that kind of stuff. Uh, I made a commitment to doing that consistently over time. You know, 29 days from a thousand to 10,000. And then over the last three months, it went from uh, 10 to, I think today we're, we're close to 40,000 followers. So that's been a massive change in the last year, not only because obviously the numbers, but the things, the responsibilities, the time spent, like what does that mean for your life? So like I'm spending a lot of time on Instagram. It's opened up a lot of business opportunities, a lot of networking opportunities, a lot of things like this where, you know, we can go back and, and talk about what's changed. Like that's that this Instagram thing is, is not just about the metrics, but you know, all the things that go with it. Yeah. And that's, that's what I think is so interesting about social media in general, right? Like people look at the sexy metrics, I call them like followers and engagement. But what's really, really interesting is that like, if we want to look at this from an entrepreneurship lens, it's like, how do you, how do you monetize the audience? Or if you're going to build a business on social media yep. that doesn't make you money, why are you building the business on social media? Which is is really interesting because you can buy bots. Like we we talked about this 100%. last night. I get, I get asked all the time. So did you buy your follower? Uh, literally, people, friends from home that I'll you know go to coffee with or whatever. Did you buy your followers? Like no, of course not. But yeah. it's so common that it's it's a valid question to ask. Absolutely. I, I've seen it over and over and yep. over again. It's so cool and so refreshing to see the engagement on your page. And like the, the trolling is interesting to me. Of course. It seems like it's died down a little bit. It, yeah, but that, man. Yes. Yes. I, I think uh, so. I'm going to segue a little bit. Just, you know, things that I that I think about when we're having this conversation. Yeah. As if you're looking to grow I'm going to assume that if you're listening to a podcast about learn, grow, earn, that you're looking to do something with social media to grow a business. One of the things that is, it's guaranteed 
when you put out content, you're going to get people that love you and people that hate you. It's part of the process. For sure. And, and you need to expect that from day one, because just like Mike mentioned, the trolling exists in the world, especially on places like Instagram, where it's so easy to leave a comment anonymously. Oh yeah, dude. I vividly- Or in direct messages. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I troll you I on every single Instagram story, but that's different. Dude, I vividly remember I was in Florida. I was actually going to date with Destiny at the time, Tony yep. Robbins. Yep. And I remember you sent me a text. You're like, dude, you got to see these comments. Mm-hmm. And I think it was your first ever like best foods for fat loss or best right. drinks for fat yeah. loss. Or and the, people- the don't be fooled on fast food. Something like that. Dude, the people attacked you. They attacked your credibility. They attacked everyone. I mean, I feel like the fitness industry is particularly bad because everyone's an expert and everyone has their fad diet. It's hard not to blame people for being skeptical. For sure. Because there's, there's so much bad information out there. Yeah. So how do you prepare yourself to deal with that initial outcry? Because there were some like really aggressive, we're Tough for me to listen to. And like, it's not even my story. Right. How to cope with it. So I, 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 it goes back to the conversation. Okay. My, my intention of posting on Instagram is not like, yeah, the followers act and how you can help people by doing it. The, the negative comments you get, it's just a byproduct. Like it's almost irrelevant. So when I started posting the infographics and taking this path towards fitness guy, not just Max Weber, uh, my biggest, like, I was afraid that my friends were going to think that I was, you know, crazy. Like, why is Max posting this fitness stuff? Like, it's so dumb and annoying. And, and to be honest, a lot of my friends unfollowed me. So, so from day one, I kind of figured that was going to happen, but I made the decision anyway. So what I, my preparation was deciding that this is the path I wanted to take. Yeah. I've experienced a lot of that as well. So I, I can relate to it's that a decision, right? Yeah. So you talked about the abundance of bad information. How, Mm -hmm. what do you think has been like the biggest point for you? Obviously you're extremely knowledgeable in this field. Fitness has been a huge piece of your life for a very long time. What do you think has been the biggest positive attribute or like any positive piece of that journey that has allowed you to find great ways to put out good information? So the, the most interesting thing to me about building an audience on Instagram and in the way that I've done it, I think I've taken a little bit of a nuanced approach to growing my audience. So a couple examples, I saw that a lot of these people who are posting infographics would use one infographic. When I started, I was using multiple and I was using like puns as like my second or third, you'd swipe over and you'd see like a funny pun. It's like, I've always- Just to cut you off real quick. (laughs) There was a time when I refused to like any of your posts that didn't have the pun. I remember. (laughs) I'm just going to throw that out there because those were awesome. So if you want to bring those back, I wouldn't be opposed. I've been thinking about it, honestly, just to innovate. So, So why I say this is because the way that I've tried to build an audience, I've always tried to incorporate something where you can't find it elsewhere. So, you know, these puns that were there, which I stopped doing because, you know, the re- you learn along the way and you, you, you adapt and you, you change directions and you pivot and you make, you know, make adjustments to grow and continue growth. Currently, which has been a huge thing for my growth is I do these stories with these polls. And I, I, I saw a couple people, you know, dabbling with the polls, but I, I leaned into them hard. And why I'm telling you this is because the things that I've chosen to use to help grow my audience has allowed me to build an audience that's a certain type of mindset, a certain type of individual. And the most, going back to the question, the most interesting piece for me 
is learning about the human psychology of like what people value. Uh, not just for fitness content, but because fitness overlaps with life, people want to know about more than just what's the best food to eat or the best exercise to do. So for me, the way that I figured out what content does best is by learning about people beyond what they quote unquote like or double tap and diving deeper with the other avenues that Instagram provides. Got it. Got it. You mentioned something about pivoting along the way and like learning what works, learning what doesn't. So I think, and this is something that I've experienced, so I'm selfishly asking this question for me, but I feel like anyone that's growing a business on social media, starting small, smaller audience, like what, how did you monitor your metrics and decide when to pivot when your data set is small and you feel like there are so many moving pieces? Good question. I'm notoriously bad at monitoring data for that purpose. A lot of the way that I've grown my page has been on gut feel. So a lot of the times where I would pivot in a different direction, it would be because I just felt that that was a necessary next step. Part of it is because you get bored. You know, I I was making these posts about eat this, not that. And I made what seemed like millions of them. It was really like 50. But I, I got to a point where like, man, I don't know if I can do any more of these. Like, I don't know if I have any more of eat this instead of that. And I didn't want to repost my content. So I just naturally assumed, okay, well, I need to pivot and find a new topic. So that's, that's one way. But there's a ton of social media tools out there that'll show you. And even Instagram now, I mean, it's changed in the last three months, but the metrics they give you on your posts, you can see the data on what post does better than others. What post is getting you more followers? How many saves you're getting on each post? How many likes? How many comments? So if you monitor that, if you see like, wow, this, this fitness post about fat loss foods did way better than chest exercises. Well, now you can create more posts around fat loss foods. So I think, I think being intuitive, but also trusting your gut a bit and saying like, what the, what do I think people want to see based on the questions I'm getting in direct messages or the comments or that kind of stuff? Got it. Got it. And for those that don't know how to get to those metrics, walk people through super quickly about yeah. how you get them in Instagram. So you'll, you'll need to create a business account to do so. <clears throat> uh, you can do that in the settings on your Instagram profile. It's super easy. What you'll do is you'll basically create a Facebook page. You can do it all through Instagram now. Uh, but once you set up your business account, every one of your posts will have like an insights button. So when you click on the insights button, it'll pop up and show you, you know, here's how many impressions on this post. Uh, you know, here's how many people saw this post. Here's how many people engaged with this post. So you can, you can do it all through Instagram. It's just in your settings. It takes about two minutes to do. Got it. Cool. Awesome. So I want to talk about kind of your growth through IG because we, You've talked about the pivots. You've talked about kind of switching up your strategies and like what led up to this exponential growth. So we were talking before this interview, if you scrolled back in your Instagram, yep. your content's very different. Completely. So talk to me a little bit about that kind of like learning process for you. The learning process of creating new content? Of starting in the infographic space, yep. which you were very new to, and then ultimately pivoting and, and growing into this right. very, like we were looking at stuff that you created. You woke up way earlier than yeah. me today. So like you, you had created a couple infographics right. and oh, they changed. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. Talk to me about like learning the skill set. So, so when I first started making the infographics, I was not committed to it. I was like, I'm going to try a couple of them. If I don't go viral, then I'm not going to do it. And because I thought that they were, you know, I thought I would make a couple of them and I would make the best ones ever and they would go viral. And then I would just, it would just, you know, take off. Which is, I think what most of us think when we most create content. That exactly. And, and, you know, it's this overnight success idea. But I, I started, cre- I think my first one was like, you know, how to lose belly fat. And I was like, oh, this is such a great one. This is everyone, you know, people want to do this. I think I spent like $5 promoting and I got like a hundred likes and I was super disappointed. Made a couple more uh, and then stopped doing it. And then, you know, I just saw that they kept growing. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to try it again. I made a couple more and I made one drink this, not that. It was about Starbucks. I think it was like a white mocha versus an Americana with a, you know, pump of sugar free vanilla. And I gained like a hundred followers overnight. And at the time I was at, you know, at a thousand and four, you know, you get to 1100 overnight and it just clicked for me. I was like, okay, this is exactly what I need to do. So I need to create as many of these as I can. And in the way you you asked about how did I change from then to now? So I started just by posting the the most simple thing that I could think of. You know, the concept of eating one thing and not another, it's actually taken by men's fitness. So don't, don't make posts like that. I learned the hard way, but we're going to get into that. We will, we will. Uh, but, but I started with the most simple digestible information that people could want to find. So. I go to McDonald's, you know, that's inevitable for, for a lot of people. They're just living their life. They're going to end up going to a fast food place. So I said, instead of telling them not to, uh, I'll just tell them, you know, here's a better option than the Big Mac. Uh, or you go to Starbucks, here's a better option than, you know, the white mocha from a calorie macronutrient standpoint. And that re- worked really well. And I started to grow and there was traction. But what I learned was that, that the people that had followed me since then, now that they've been following me for a while, they wanted deeper information. They wanted more insightful answers, more insightful topics. So it transitioned from eat this, not that to, you know, what are the nuances of intermittent fasting? Or, you know, what is, what is, uh, you know, reverse pyramid training? So, so these, these details, they grow as the audience learns. So a lot of the content that I'm creating now is yes for a new audience, but also to better serve the people that have been following me since, you know, Big Mac versus grilled chicken sandwich. First of all, those are insanely valuable. I think like it, not everyone can eat healthy all the time, like right. quote unquote healthy. Yep. And to be able to just like go on to at Max Weber Fit on Instagram and be like, okay, I'm in McDonald's. Like let's yep. scroll for the golden arches, exactly. find a good option and be like, wow, I could save 900 calories by not getting that. Right. Yeah. And like, people love that. Yeah. So, so awesome. Yep. How do you balance, you talked about acquiring new, continuing to acquire a new audience, yep. but also serving your audience that has grown and is hungry for more yep. in-depth information. How do you handle th- that balance? Like creating content that will still continue to grow your audience like you had in the past, yep. but also devoting some of your content to gaining different followers or satisfying your, your current audience. Yeah. So, so I think the mistake that a lot, and, and I, you know, I'm, I'm approaching 40,000. So it's not like I have 6 million and know everything about Instagram, but one of the things that I've learned from, you know, interacting with people, the psychology of human interactions, what people value beyond just fitness, people, people are looking to engage with people that will respond. So, you know, posting to Instagram is one way you can use the platform to engage. The other is replying to direct messages. 
The other is creating Instagram story polls. The other is having a bio that has, you know, a website or product linked that people who have been following you for a while or have been really engaging with your content can go to for additional information or different products, uh, you know, story highlights, things like that to add depth to your Instagram account as opposed to just being a content publisher. But the other thing is, you know, including opportunities for people to engage on your posts. So every now and then I'm not going to post an infographic, but I'll post a photo of me and it might be, you know, what, what are you working out today? Or, you know, what is your favorite exercise for, you know, tra- training your butt? Uh, and people can comment and engage, you know, in the comments below and, and that builds community. So beyond just posting, I would look for the other avenues that you can find to actually engage in one-on-one settings. Yeah, I like that. Gary Vee calls it scaling the unscalable. Yep. yep. And, and this is, I think, for people who are growing an Instagram account, one of the biggest things that you should be doing is making sure that your bio looks clean, your bio looks good. And one of the things that I've included in my bio since about 8,000, 10,000 followers was I reply to all DMs. I reply to every direct message. And it's, it's been getting a lot harder now. So I'm, I've, I've been debating taking that out of my bio because it's getting to the point where, you know, I, I reply, but it's a week later sometimes and, and that's tough. But it's things like that where, you know, if you have a million followers and you're getting a hundred thousand, you know, messages a day, it, it's physically impossible to reply to all of them. However, taking the time to do so when you can, it's proven invaluable for my growth. But not only that, for the depth of, you know, the, the, the classic thousand true fans. So like, you know, if you have a thousand people that are, that are so supportive of what you're doing, it it doesn't matter if you have a million followers, if they're not engaged, if they don't love what you're doing, it doesn't, it doesn't really do you much benefit if you're looking to build a business. But if you have a thousand people that will buy whatever you're selling, meaning you come out with an ebook that you sell for $20, you sell it, you know, a thousand copies, you made 20 grand. And in the way you get the thousand true fans is not just by posting content or infographics. It's, you know, when Susie messages you and says, you know, Hey Max, I'm this much body weight. I want to lose a pound a week for the next six weeks. What, what should my macros be? You don't ignore it. You reply and give them their macros. Yes. Maybe that's something you think they should pay for, but you do it for free because that's what's that's exactly what Mike said, scaling the unscalable. Yeah. So talk to me about your time because you yeah. devote a lot of time to working on Instagram. Yep. How many hours a day are you working on it now? And how have you gone about reprioritizing your time so that you can start to scale some of the unscalable? Yep. So when I started posting the infographics, I was spending between six to eight hours a day on Instagram. So I get, I get messages from other people in the fitness space regularly. Max, how do I do what you did? How do I grow my Instagram? I want, I want a fitness follower following too. And, you know, aside from the cliche stuff of be consistent, post three times a day, you know, use hashtags, write long captions, have great content. All of that's relevant. But like, if you're not investing time into the platform, it's, it's just not realistic to think you're going to grow. Like it, growing an audience to scale is a full-time job. So I, I was spending six, eight hours a day doing it. I'm probably spending the same amount now, but now my time is more divided into not just posting content, 
because at the beginning, you know, I didn't have people messaging me. So it was all about output. It was how many posts could I put out today? Now, you know, I'm probably averaging, you know, two posts a day, not three or four. That's where I'd like to be. But a lot of my time now is devoted to these Instagram story polls or replying to DMs. So your time will always shift with it. But but basically the, the question was how how did you balance the time to spend on Instagram with the, all the other stuff you have going on? I just made the decision. Like I said that I was going to sacrifice, you know, going out on Friday night or I was going to wake up an hour earlier or I was going to make less money doing the thing that made me money at the time. You know, whether that's if you have a side hustle and that's making you money, basically what I said is I'm going to punt that and I'm going to focus on Instagram. So instead of building a website on the weekend for a friend and making $2,000, I said, I'm going to create 10 infographics. So a lot of it is, is sacrificing dollars today for the, the future value of the audience. How'd your business partner feel about that in the other ventures? So it, uh, this nutrition app that we mentioned earlier, that's been our primary focus for the last year. So, uh, so you guys were kind of on the same page yep. about the digital ad agency kind of yep. being pushed out. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So, so we only ran an, a marketing company to fund the startup. Like there was no intention. Interesting. Right. So, so the way, and this may be a little off topic, but nutrition app. So, you know, you had an apple, you log that into the app. The app tells you it's 120 calories. Uh, and you do that for the foods you eat. If you're hitting your calorie markers, you'll make progress on your fitness goals. If not, you won't and you'll know it. So we're building a nutrition app in that context. And that's been the primary focus, but it's not something you get paid for. You know, it's, it's a free app. It'll have a premium upgrade, but that's down the road. So how do you fund a startup? You, you work a side hustle, which was, you know, building websites, running social media campaigns for other people, but we had raised uh, a small amount of seed funding. So we needed to spend less time making money. So that allowed time to open up for my business partner, Josh, to develop the app because he's a developer. And it allowed me time to go build an audience. And the intention of the audience was not to sell an ebook or fitness coaching. It was, well, if I can get, you know, 5,000 followers or 10,000 followers or, or who knows, 100,000 followers, how many of those people will go download the app and I can make that a business? So the, the strategy behind growth on Instagram for my personal MaxBurfit page was transition people to app downloads, not coaching clients. So the strategy was always to support Nibble. Got it. And real quick, is Nibble available in the App Store now or is it releasing? Which, what are the details of that? Yep. Nibble is currently available in the Apple Store. Uh, it's a free download. You search Nibble Nutrition. Uh, we'll be rolling out a second update in two months or so. So what is it now? It's March um, there. Beginning of March, yeah. Yeah, so a couple second months from now. And and what we're doing now is we're fundraising to, to collect uh, investment dollars to put out, you know, future versions on Android web platform, et cetera. And okay. And not to get into too many details, but you mentioned raising seed funding for yep. those people, not well-versed in the venture capital space and, and that lending space. Did you trade equity of your company for money? Yep. Like what did, what did that look like? Uh, the, the short answer to that is yes, we traded future equity for money. 
So if you're interested, if you're in the space of venture capital tech, the Y Combinator would be a good resource for you. And in the agreement we use, so when the investor said, here's, here's a check, what do I get in return? We gave them what's called a safe agreement. It's a simple agreement for future equity. I'd explain it, but it, it's a little bit, it, it might not make a whole lot of sense. So go to Y Combinator if you're interested. But, but basically we didn't give up equity today. We gave up equity at a future date. Got it. Cool. Yeah. Cool. So we mentioned it briefly before, which I think is where you're going to go with the answer of this question I'm about to ask, (laughs) but what's the biggest struggle or challenge that you kind of encountered over this last year and all the growth that you've experienced? So, so the one that you mentioned that I, I touched on a little bit earlier was I had created these posts you know, eat this, not that. I hope I don't get in trouble for saying that on this podcast either. If they like, whatever, you know, criminal max, whatever. Yeah. Right. So I, I created these posts, eat this, not that. Apparently that's a division and a brand of men's fitness. They basically sent their legal team to have a cease and desist, you know, in my inbox. And that scared me a little bit, uh, where I had to go delete all of the posts that I made around that topic. So from a legal, potentially, you know, lawsuit scenario, that was pretty scary. And that was a challenge just because I was, I was worried that, you know, oh my gosh, are they going to shut down my Instagram account? Like it's all this for nothing. But aside from that, I, I think the, the challenge in growth, no matter what stage you're at, whether you're at, you know, 600 followers going to a thousand or, you know, 38, five where I'm at to go to 50, it's patience. Like it ebbs and flows. Like some weeks I'll grow by 3000. Some weeks I'll go by, grow by 900. It's, it's not getting too up or down either way. It's just being consistent with your content and knowing that like, if you are consistent, if you're putting out good stuff over time, you will grow. People will find you. You will be discovered, but you can't expect it in, you can't expect unrealistic results in unrealistic short timeframes. It's, it's all about the long game. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we hear that from everyone and it's so easy to say when you've already made it, but like what's really cool about this and people listening probably don't have the same experience about it as I will get to have right now, but like I've watched it, right? you know, and it's (laughs) like three and a half months ago, you were at 1100 followers. So I've seen the patience right? and I've seen the confusion when a post doesn't go viral right. or when a post does go viral, but you think it sucks. I know. You know, it you can spend, get very yeah. confusing. You spend a bunch of time creating one post. You're like, oh my gosh, I know this is going to be the one. This is yeah. the one that I'm going to gain 10,000 followers from. And then it doesn't do so well. Those are the moments that you'll have as a, I'll call it content creator, but it's just part of it. Like you, you, you'll never, if you knew what would work, you'd have done it. Yeah. Like you, you literally just need to go put stuff out there and pivot along the way. So for people that might not, we talked about monetization earlier. We've been talking a lot about kind of growing a business on social media Yeah. for people that might not know what that typically looks like, like what, and we don't have to go into too many yeah. details based on where various negotiations are at, but what kind of doors have opened up for you in either the marketing space or the fitness space or whatever it is yeah. through your presence on social media and your, for lack of, not not lack of a better term, for like your excellence on social media and the, the content that you're putting out? It opens up a lot of opportunities and a lot of doors. It also opens up a lot of time, t- 
it opens up time, your time to be spent in places that might not make the most sense. So for example, you might have, and, and let me preface this with this. This was a, a topic of monetizing and growing an income from social media. It's been about a hundred days or so since I started posting on Instagram with the intent to build an audience. I've had one call to action. One. I don't, I, I haven't promoted, I don't have an ebook. I will soon. I don't have, you know, workout programs you can buy on my website. Uh, I made one call to action in a hundred days and posted 400 posts or whatever, you know, whatever the, the thing is. So my path to getting to where I am has been solely about building audience, not about selling a product. And I think it's super important because, you know, I see a lot of, you know, a lot of these smaller accounts, they have, you know, 1500 followers and in their bio, they have, you know, three discount codes with three companies that they're working with. People are not interested in that from day one. You know, the, the products that I'm creating now are based on what people have asked me to create. So the month, I get it. Like if you're in a situation where you need to monetize to pay rent and stuff, I get that that's very real, but like sacrificing short-term dollars for the long-term, you know, legacy or value or whatever Gary V term you want to use. Cause he's so right. I think it's a mistake, but in terms of building the audience and what doors it opens up for me, I mean, it's, it's been anything from, uh, you know, legitimately a company that a publicly traded company saying, Hey, Max, we want you to run our Instagram account. We'll give you stock options to do so to, Hey, Max, we're a local car dealer. Uh, will you drive around in one of our cars for the day? We'll pay you and we'll film it to, Hey, Max, we're an apparel company. Can we send you free stuff? Like all, or, you know, recently a teeth whitening kit. Hey, can we send you this? You, you know, you do this affiliate code and blah, blah, blah. These opportunities pop up all the time. However, thinking about not just, you know, okay, so if I take this teeth whitening thing, it's a $300 product and I'll, you know, if they, if I post it on my Instagram, it's a hundred dollars cash in my pocket, but does my audience care? Is that where my time is best spent? So, so looking at these opportunities and, and not being, not saying yes to everything, but finding the ones that mesh well for you, I, th- I think is the long-term play for not only value for yourself, but for the audience. Yeah, that's something that we were talking about the other night, actually. Like, I remember I I brought up to you, I'm like, dude, the most impressive thing is that you haven't monetized your audience. Right. Which, when I really thought about that, blew me away. Yep. Because, and there's nothing wrong, like, we have bills to pay. There's nothing wrong with monetizing your audience if it makes sense. Yeah. Because I'm in agreement with basically everything you just said. But that was so, so interesting to me. Yep. That... And like, I have a ton of respect for the fact that you haven't done that. And a lot of that is because of the fruits of your labor five years ago. You know, you have the funds to be able to pay your bills. Yeah. I'll I'll tell like, you know, people, the part, part of building an audience, like, yes, the money will be there when you get there because you'll get the messages. Hey, can you create this product that I would pay for? And yes, of course, that'll come up. That will be there eventually. But to get started, like for me, I, I, I've been, to, to not monetize has been costly for me, right? Cause you yeah, have bills to pay. You know, I have this, this startup technology company that I've been investing money into with an audience that I'm not monetizing. So it's, it's not like it's something that everyone can do from day one, but it's something to realize that like 
growing, growing a business. That's what we're going to call Instagram. Growing a business, growing a following is a business. You're going to need to make investments and sacrifices in that. And if that means holding off monetizing your ebook for, you know, 60 days, 90 days, uh, or, or vice versa with, you know, an online coaching product or whatever, I think it makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. So where do you see yourself spending most time? Like, where are you headed? Best case scenario for me is that we get the funding we're looking for for Nibble Nutrition and I don't need to monetize my audience at all. So the products that I would put out would be all for free. They would be to build brand equity and to get people to buy into my brand and associate it with the app, which I think will help a lot of people. So how would you pay your bills then? So if we get funding, I won't need to monetize my Instagram audience. But like down down the line. Yeah. So how do so you monetize the brand? The brand of Max Pro Fitness. So just through coaching or Yeah. So so the there's a couple yeah. So if, if you're looking to monetize, my situation is a little different. My building my audience is not for income. It's for it's to leverage for a nutrition app. I want I want the people that follow me to use the app that I'm building because I think it's better than what's out there currently. So, so that's the path for my monetization in an ideal world. This audience moves over there. The, the app gets funding. The app gets acquired and we, you know, we, we get acquired like my fitness pal. If you're a fitness influencer looking to grow your brand, I think the logical first step is you make a free ebook. People will, you know, download it. They'll sign up for your email list. Then you create products that email list wants to see. So whether it's a 12 week coaching, uh, challenge or whether it's an online coaching, you know, one on one experience or whether it's a paid ebook, those are the avenues for, for monetization. And I think for me, the eight week challenge, the 12 week challenge is interesting because you can impact more people and it's scalable as opposed to the one on one stuff, which it's really, really good for the individual, but it's hard to scale that with, you know, a hundred plus clients or whatever the case may be. Got it. Got it. Um, I misunderstood when I asked that question. Sure. I was thinking maximum fit and nibble interchangeably. Interchangeably. Got yeah. It. So makes perfect sense. Not monetize the max rubber fit audience, continue to provide free value, right. give back to that community in whatever capacity you can yep. based on time constraints. And then ultimately nibble, nibble will make money down the line. Correct. Got it. Correct. Awesome. One thing I'm super curious about, because this is a question that I've been hearing elsewhere right. and I, I really like this question. Right. What's one thing that people don't ask you that you wish that they did? Uh, so I'm going to give you content. Most of the questions I get are, are in my direct messages on Instagram. And I get a lot of people asking me what and how questions. So what is the best food to lose belly fat? How do I lose 10 pounds in 10 days? What should I do for shredded abs? What should I do to grow my butt? How should I? What should I? And I think that they're valid questions. I'd rather people ask why. You know, why should I try this workout as opposed to that one? Why should I swap strawberries for cucumber or whatever the case may be? I think people will get more value in knowing why, uh, because it leads to what, what their motivations are for doing this thing in the first place. So a lot of the questions I get are surrounding like, 
you know, Max, I'm not motivated to go to the gym. What should I do? As opposed to why am I not motivated? So I think, I think when people ask questions, they're looking for the shortcut direct answer. The, the, the power of asking why gives them context to, you know, why they start in the first place and, and the value of being along the journey. So I would, I wish people asked why, not how or what. I love that because I think why is the, the most important question and arguably the most important word of all sure. time that, um, not to get too philosophical, but I just, I feel like we kind of move away from that in various areas of our lives. And, yep. Um, I was, it was interesting. I was listening to the radio on the way to the gym and there was, they mentioned something about us just living in the generation or, or the era where you could just pay for something to get it fixed. Yep. And actually this is something I was talking about with A-Rots who you introduced yep. me to. Yep. We were talking about outsourcing. Good dude. Really good dude. And we were talking about outsourcing and I'm actually going to make a video about this this weekend while you're here. So thanks for filming. And actually, that I just want to, make, I want to put on record. I think he's going to blow up. So if he ever does, we can look back at this. I know. <laughs> okay. I know. I can't, I can't wait. Yeah. His new single that he let me preview, learn, grow, and exclusive. It was awesome. Uh, so if you haven't heard Sunshine, <laughs> shout out to A-Rots. But we were talking about outsourcing. And yep. the purpose of the conversation was I've been very intrigued by outsourcing because I, I believe in it wholeheartedly yep. in terms of freeing up more of your time to work on the stuff you care about. However, I don't think that everyone should outsource everything right. because I think that 100%. there's going to be a time when I have you, examples for that too. Yeah. And I'm very curious to hear that once I finish this thought, there are going to be times when you can't afford to outsource or whatever the case may be. And you will fail yep. if you do not ha know how to do it on your yep. own. So I firmly believe in like building the skill set. Let's use sales in the, as an example. I'm doing a lot of study in sales right now based on the state of my business yep. and getting ready to launch new products, et cetera, et cetera. So if I don't learn how to close my first few sales and learn phone sales and learn cold calling, which I've studied in the past and like yep. all these things, if I don't know how to do that, if like I could go and hire a salesperson right now, but when that doesn't work out at some point, which it very possibly could, I'm dead in the water Yep. because I will not know how to do it on my own. There will right. be no self-sustainability. So yep. knowing the to, to tie it back to the point, asking those questions of why and getting to the root and learning how to solve the problems on our own, for me, why just leads to sustainability yep. and it leads to understanding of the root cause instead of masking the symptoms. I agree. It, it's... In, in a couple things, you know, it's, it's the questions that I'll get. It's, it's, uh, you know, Max, should I do the ketogenic diet? What? I don't know. I mean, should you, you know, why, why do you want to like, what's, what's the motivation behind that? And, and it yeah. goes back to that. Like Max, why should I do keto? Well, here are the three reasons why you might consider it. And here are the three reasons why you probably shouldn't make a decision. So I think that's important. Uh, the other thing, you know, going back to, to the, the previous point, uh, if, if you can't outsource because you don't have money, then you better have time. If you don't have money, then you need to have time. If you don't have both, you're in a really big, really big situation that you need to fix because you got to get super resourceful. You, you have to, uh, because if you, if you're not bringing in income, it only makes sense that you're not, that you have time to spend because you know, cliche stuff, but time is money. So I, I just think that like, if you're, if you're in a position, and this goes back to outsourcing, like, so for me, I did, I don't want to outsource anything, right? Like, I'm like, no, this is my name. This is my name on it. This is my brand. I can't. But recently 
uh, I've had help building like my backend systems. So like, you know, the, the client check-ins week to week and, you know, the, the email drips and stuff like that, which, which I could do on my own, but it's not efficient use of my time. So the, the things that I'm looking to outsource now are not replying to my DMs on my behalf because I'll never do that. The things that I, that I can outsource, I'm starting to look to, but that's after 40,000 followers. That wasn't on, you know, day one. So for me, it's, it's doing as much as you can with the resources you have. And then you pivot in and you change that as new resources become available. So if, if you have less time because you're spending more on growth, meaning you have more dollars in your pocket, now you can think about outsourcing. But if you're not in that, if, if you're not at that point, you don't need to do a four hour work week. You need to have a 40 hour work week so you can get to a point where you can outsource. And even if you have money, dude, I would argue that you still shouldn't be doing a four hour work week right. at the beginning. Right. You know, like everything, I'll give you my personal preference. Everything that I've been investing in as of late, I could have spent more money and had it completely done for me, but that's not valuable to me. Right. I invest in systems that yes, I'm tip, I'm buying systems just like you're talking about. Yep creating the back end and like helping build the architecture of your systems or your, your online businesses or whatever, whatever it is. But I'm being, I'm paying for them to teach me how to do it. hundred percent. And I'm doing it. You know, this people buy confidence. People are not buying just the product. So, so I'll give you a couple examples. When I told myself I wanted to get into online fitness coaching the first product I bought was an online fitness coach. Not because I needed to lose weight, not because I cared about that, because I said, I want the confidence to know what an online coaching program looks like so that I can create one that's better. But if I didn't have the confidence of knowing that like, wow, this person, our good friend Mike, if, if, if I didn't experience the coaching program, I'd have no confidence in knowing if what I was doing was right. Or if it was valid, if it was valuable. And I think it's the same thing along the way. The only reason people are going to buy a high performance coaching package or an online fitness coach like myself is the confidence in knowing that the information is correct. The information is on the internet for free. Everything that I do, you can find on the internet for free. 100%. All I do is put it in a place that is, you know, in an Instagram feed where you can find it all in one place. So that's super easy. It's all localized. It's all got the topic header so you can quickly, you know, navigate. You don't have to scroll through a hundred pages of Google. And I put my name on it so that if you trust me, you trust the content. That's all that people, that, that's the confidence enough for people. I get messages all the time. Max, should I do this or should I do that? We'll do this. Okay, good. I'll do it. Like they already knew that answer, but they asked for the confidence. So they asked for the permission to win or the permission to do something. And I think that that concept is so real for so many people because that's, that's all that people are looking for. They just want to know that they're on the right path. And it's hard to do that yourself. Yeah. I mean, in your gut, you can know, but it's nice that a friend says, yeah, you're doing it right. Like, okay, cool. Then I'll keep doing it. Yeah. I think, and oddly enough, I think this is something that I talked with your business partner, Josh, about when I interviewed him. Like, Oh, probably eight. Yeah. Like talking about, we're all just searching for permission. hundred percent. I I firmly believe that. What I have started posting, if you didn't say max, it's okay to do so. And you should do it. I don't know. Maybe, but maybe not like who knows. 
Who knows? You say no. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's your the, words, not mine. It's, it's, it's that like people just want permission. 100%. There's a, there are all those cliches of like people don't pay for pay for your business. They pay for like people or like people don't do business with companies. They do business with people. Yep. And I think there's a ton of truth to that. Another thing that was shared with me last week at some point was like people are always worried about giving away stuff for free and monetizing. Yep. Oh, it's been a gosh. big topic right right now. And something that I heard that was so profound was if you put out good content, people will pay to hear it again. I know. Yes. Yes, Absolutely. I literally, so I have an online coaching program. It costs a decent amount of money to some people, hundreds of dollars a month, but I would give people the information for free when they direct message me and ask for it because I'm not going to tell people no. Cue the flooding of Max Rover Fitz inbox. Right. I mean, it's true though. Like I get messages on the daily, Max, what should my macros be and what workout should I do? I'm not going to tell you. Well, I'm not telling you unless you pay me. No, I'm just going to tell you because why? Because in three months after you've done it halfway decent, you're going to say, you know what? I would have done so much better with this if I had someone to, to you know, ask questions with, to hold me accountable. That's it. That, and yes. then they come back to you and say, thank you so much for giving me this. Here's what I did without you. Now with you, here's what I think we can do together. Like that is so much more powerful, powerful than selling, you know, the ebook that you made in two nights for $12 to someone that's going to buy it one time, not use it, and then never talk to you again. And you see it all the time. 100%. And what I also like about that is that you're investing in the people that take action. Like not everyone 100%. would even go. It sounds so simple. Yep. And everyone's like, yeah, I would do that. But the fact is you probably wouldn't. Right. Someone took the time to go yep. ask you a thoughtful question and you're repaying that favor because they probably will do it. This is probably will do something with the information. This is one of the biggest growth hacks, in my opinion, replying to people's questions with more information and value than they ever thought they'd get over deliver. Like the, the expectations of people for other human beings is so low. Literally in my Instagram bio, it says I reply to direct messages. Then someone DMs me. I'll reply and they'll say, I can't believe you messaged me back. I'm like, yeah. dude, it says it in my bio. Of course I would. I'm like, lying I'm not you, lying bro. to you. Like, of but that's what people expect. They, they literally, they can't believe that someone would take the time to reply to them. Well, because so and many people death. preach that. So many people preach, I reply to all DMs, but they, they either one, don't, and it's a tactic for them. Yep. Yep. Or two, they've grown to a point where they can't scale it. We talked about that Straight before up. and they just forgot to remove it from the bio. Yep. But like, it's very realistic to, I don't know. It's like the new age celebrity dude, like having access to people like that is just so unfathomable. Yep. Unfathomable. I think that's the word. Yep. Yep. Like it, it really is. It so is. it's super interesting. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the depth component of growth should not be overlooked. Like, it's super cool it's to everything. have 50,000 followers or whatever. But I, in an, if I had 50,000 followers or 40,000 followers and nobody was messaging me, that would be stupid. Like I'd much rather have a thousand and getting 10 DMs a day because those are the people that are going to want to see whatever you do next succeed. Yeah. They'll support you. They're going to follow through. And that's, that's really the cool thing that I've seen 
is the one-on-one, not just interactions and conversations I've had, but literally the relationships I've built with people all over the world because I took the time to reply to DMs. Like, yeah. li- like literally, it's so funny, but people, and it's, it happens mostly with people on overseas countries with different cultures, they're like, hey, you should come to our country and we'll host you. I'm like, what? Like, what are you talking about? Like, we just talk on DMs for like 10 messages each. But people, people want that interaction and the ones that you give it back to, they're willing to reciprocate in ways that you would have never fathomed. Yeah. Like it's, it's mind blowing. It really is. And I don't want to dive too, too deep on this rant I'm about to go on because I want to be respectful of your time. But for me, like I've had this conversation so many times, like a large follower count is great, but to me, it honestly, and I genuinely believe this, like it doesn't mean anything other than someone looks at your page and there's that instant moment of, wow, maybe I should pay attention. He's got a big following. Right. You know, yep. that's the only value I see in it. Other than that, it doesn't matter because I genuinely believe in impact over income. It's like one of my life pillars. And the social media version of that is like, if your engagement sucks and people don't care about your content, your follower count doesn't matter. Like sexy metrics do not matter. No. And that's very easy for me to say, because I have like 2,600 followers or whatever it is on my personal and like a little under four grand on the little learn, grow, earn. But on that and topic. I reply to all DMs too, by the way. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I, need, I need to put that in my bio because it's I think been that's the, it's been the, the if I could if there's one thing that I would not change at all, I would have kept that in there since day one. That replying and yes, we talked about it earlier. It's probably not sustainable. Like there's going to be a point maybe. maybe I, of I've been thinking about it recently. Like man, can I really do this? Like not not only for them but for me. Like can I really be committing three four hours a day replying to direct messages? And it's a debate that I'm having with myself. So as I grow, it might not be there anymore. But but when you're starting out, especially, but you'll always try. I'll always try. Yeah. Because uh, those are the pieces of growth that are not discussed publicly at scale. With you know, you you read headlines. You know how to grow from zero to a hundred thousand in thirty days or whatever. But you don't read about why you should reply to one DM every day. Like, and that's the stuff that really matters. Yeah, 100%. 100%. All right. So I have a couple questions that I ask each guest at the end of each interview. Frankly, I can't remember if these were the same questions as the first time you were on. I don't know that I've changed these, but I don't know for sure. So the first one, what's the most important lesson that you've learned in the last six months of your journey? In the last six months, that's investing in not only your craft and in your work and what you put out publicly. Uh, but also into the people you're doing it for. So I feel like we literally just talked about it, but you'll learn so much more from having a conversation in a direct message than you will creating the best piece of content. Like the human psychology and interaction you get with people is invaluable for future growth personally and in your business. I love it. So that was the last six months. I want to expand that window to whatever you consider your personal growth journey. So we didn't dive into this part of your history, but maybe it was when you dropped out of college one of, what was it, five times? 
A lot of times. A lot of times. It's a good story. Um, I should have told it. Yeah. Well, I think we told we told it on the first one. Yeah. We went into depth on that because that was super cool. For you, it was super cool. Everyone needs to be self-aware, right? Right, but, right, right. Um, so that was the last six months. Any, we want to explain it to your entire personal growth journey. If you could only share two lessons, the two most important things, and I'm holding you to two, what would they be? Two most important lessons on my personal growth journey. Yes. One is start before you think you're ready and and start because everything you do is always going to be room for improvement. Like you're never going to have the exact answer to the question you're asking your head from day one. So starting like if I wish I would have started the infographic thing or, or whatever six months prior, but I didn't because I hesitated. I was fearful, whatever. So start with where you're at. Don't think you need to be ready. And, and the second one is probably give back, whether it's just with your content or your time or, you know, whatever it may be. Because I think that the things you do for other people help you personally more than you'll ever know. So like selfishly, I reply to DMs and answering questions because it makes me feel good. But I don't think a lot of people think of giving back in that sense. Like I do it for me. You know, yes, of course there's there's added value of giving back for others, but I do it for me largely. So so start today or sooner than you think and give back along the way, whether it's content or time or energy or resources because you're ultimately you're dealing with people and all they want is to be recognized and, you know, acknowledged. Those those are powerful. And I wholeheartedly believe in both of those, by the way. Uh, all right. So before I ask the last question, I want to just take a second to acknowledge you, express my gratitude to you um, selfishly for the value you've kind of added to my knowledge, my skill set, my and my audience. Appreciate Not my audience, my network is the better sure. word. So many and anyone that has listened to the last couple episodes has heard the name Max named <laughs> a number of yeah. times. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and I'm truly grateful for that. So many incredible people I've met and great content and value we've been able to, to deliver to this community is yeah. because of people you've put me in touch with. Uh, yeah. So I'm super grateful for that. And I'm grateful for your willingness to help me and my I don't know, maybe ineptitude is the right word, uh, <laughs> lack of knowledge in this space as I've been trying to kind of expand my reach. But broader than that, aside from my selfish level of gratitude, the, the value that you're putting out is truly impressive. And a lot of my network is in the fitness industry. I'm surrounded by a lot of really powerful and really influential content creators. And I can genuinely say that Max Weber Fit on Instagram is probably some of the best content that I, I see I in my it. feed. Thank you. You're very, very, very welcome because it, it's just what you put out. It's what you're about. And it you found such a great way to deliver that through your content, which is really powerful. So I appreciate um, it. I want to acknowledge Seriously. you for that. Thank you. Where do you hang out most? We've talked about Max Weber Fit on Instagram. Where do you hang out most on social? Where can people find you? Best place is Instagram at Max Weber Fit. Awesome. So we will link all that up in the show notes. So guys, if you do not follow Max and you are 
at all interested in your health, uh, I highly suggest heading over to IG and following him right now. It is some of the best content that you will find in the nutrition and the fitness space. Appreciate that. Predominantly if you're looking for fat loss and things like that. Correct, correct. So we've talked about this a little bit in the past, but this is a podcast about growth. The final question, what is your next big focus that you're trying to improve on in this coming year? And how are you going to go about working on that? So for me, one of the things that I neglect is the monetization because I'm just the type of person that'll do whatever you need me to do for you for free. I like helping people, but I also recognize that business opportunities are out there. So for me, it's it's structuring my business in a way that allows me to continue to help people, but also create a brand that I can scale and build an income and, and, you know, monetize. So that's, that's super important to me. But the other thing is personally, I think not just being invested so much in your work that you neglect the other things that are important. So whether it's your health, whether it's, you know, relationships with other people, you know, friends, family, intimacy, whatever the case may be, whatever personal growth, reading books, you know, listening to podcasts, all that stuff. The, the combination of building my business with balancing my life, I think is a challenge for most entrepreneurs. And it's something that a lot of people go through, but I, I'm not naive to the fact that it is challenging. And so I'm focused on that this year where my growth in business is not going to take away from enjoying my life. I love it. I love it. Well, Max, thanks again, brother. Appreciate you coming out the time. Appreciate it, man. Take care. There we have it, folks. Once again, a massive thank you to Max for carving out the time and joining me on the show. Max has been a good friend for a number of years, and I am always blown away by not only the amount of wisdom that he has at such a young age, but his willingness to share it with his community. So I'm super appreciative that he, you know, spent an hour with us today to just provide so much value for our community. But if the health and nutrition and the fat loss and all of that kind of stuff is up your alley, I highly suggest following Max Overfit on Instagram. There's so much good informative content over there that's delivered in such a consumable way. So I'm a big, big fan. But with that said, if you liked this content, all that I ask is that you subscribe on your podcast player of choice and leave a review on iTunes if you feel so compelled. It would seriously mean the world to me. I hope you guys have an incredible week and thank you so much for tuning in. Peace.